0: This is mountaintop history a podcast from the thomas jefferson foundation at historic monticello my name is kyle Chattleton. thomas jefferson and james madison the third and fourth presidents of the united states were close friends and a powerful political team both played instrumental roles in the shaping of america but at times they also disagreed with one another's vision for the future of the country. I met with Monticello guide, Alice Wagner, to have a conversation about these two important American figures. So I'm joined uh, today by Alice Wagner, uh, one of our guides here at Monticello, uh, to talk about a subject that Alice has uh, been familiar with for a number of years because, uh, Alice, you used to work at uh, Montpelier, which was the home of James Madison, and that is our topic for today. We're going to be talking about uh, Thomas Jefferson, third president of the United States, as well as James Madison, 4th President of the United States, both uh, very much uh, connected to two important documents in American history, Jefferson, the Declaration of Independence, and Madison, the United States Constitution. Uh, So Alice, uh, just to get us started, uh, what was the relationship like uh, between Thomas Jefferson and James Madison?
1: Well, really, they are political allies, intellectual partners, but most of all, they're best friends with one another. This is really one of the most remarkable uh, friendships in early American history. It spanned uh, uh, close to 50 years uh, that they knew each other. They first met in October of 1776. So Jefferson's already written the Declaration of Independence. Madison has been serving in the uh, Virginia legislature, working on the Virginia state constitution. And now they're together uh, in the Virginia legislature. Uh, They're about eight years apart in age, but the age gap really didn't mean anything to them. Uh, They had a shared commitment to uh, securing religious liberty. Uh, which was kind of a radical notion in that time. In early Virginia, there were laws about where and when people could worship, they had to register their religion with the government, they paid taxes that paid for the official state religion, the Anglican church, and both Jefferson and Madison are saying, you know, hey, if we're creating this government by and for the people, the people need to be able to think for themselves. So that shared commitment to religious liberty is really what initially brings them together. They also love reading. They love science. There's this really funny letter that Jefferson uh, and Madison are talking about weasels. Uh, and Madison makes a whole chart, you know, calculating out the different sizes and uh, different colorations and all that of all these different weasels American and European and it's just this very detailed very nerdy uh, thing that they're geeking out together uh, over with they would sometimes travel together they would argue while traveling over who's gonna foot the bill I'm sure a lot of us have seen family members or friends do the same sort of uh, thing and they're really a good balance for one another Jefferson kind of is the idealist, Madison the pragmatist. So uh, they balance each other very well.
0: And one of Madison's most significant influences on the United States was his work on the Constitution, as I said a little bit earlier. What did Jefferson think about Madison's Constitution or his work on the Constitution And uh, in the philosophies surrounding that that new kind of federal government that everyone was working on over across the ocean while Jefferson was in Paris.
1: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Jefferson's in Paris during the Constitutional Convention. You can tell it kind of is driving him nuts that he can't actually be there where the action's happening. So he's writing to Madison, getting kind of updates on it. But you know, it takes a month or two sometimes for these letters to get over to France. So it's not like he's getting immediate. Updates on what's happening But prior to the actual Constitutional Convention Jefferson is sending books to Madison Because Madison is looking through history At confederacies and democracies and republics So he can get a kind of historical background While developing uh, his ideas for the Constitution Uh, And in classic Jefferson fashion He's sending him crate loads of books Far more than (laughs) Madison initially (laughs) asked for (laughs) So they are talking about it, but the, the distance between them is kind of limiting how much Jefferson's directly involved. Kind of a, a famous and good quote of Madison's, that uh, comes from the Federalist Papers, that kind of sums up his ideas, I think, is that ambition must be made to counteract amb- ambition. If men were angels, no government would be necessary, right? So he... You know, is recognizing we need some sort of structure, we need laws, we need a government in order to make this freedom that we have fought so hard for uh, stable and uh, sustainable that it can go on into the future. So very much this idea checks and balances. After the convention, when they're working on ratification of the constitution, this is where a big bone of contention comes up that Madison thought it was unnecessary to have a bill of rights. He thought the structure of the Constitution was enough to protect people's rights. And if you listed rights in the Constitution, that that would imply that the government gave them to you, not that they were your natural rights. But Jefferson, alongside George Mason and uh, James Monroe, are strongly pushing back uh, on Madison on this, that, you no, know, there needs to be a Bill of Rights. I mean, if you think back to the Declaration of Independence... Jefferson's listing out all these things that the king has done to violate the rights of the colonists, so uh, it makes sense that Jefferson wants that thread carried through. Later, Jefferson also proposed that the Constitution should be rewritten every 19 years. Now, 19 years specifically because he had calculated it that that was the length of a generation. I don't know why he didn't round up to 20, but, you know, 19, there it is. Uh, And his idea being the earth belongs to the living, that every generation should have the right to decide its own government. Now Madison is probably thinking back to the convention, all this arguing the deliberation and debate over months, several moments where Madison was not sure if this constitution was actually going to happen or not, and he's he's thinking, that's insane. We can't do that every 20 years. If we have a, a, a constitutional convention every 20 years, it's just going to invite chaos. And he points out the flaws in uh, Jefferson's calculations that, you know, <laughs> generations aren't strict, you know, that some people have their children when they're 20 and other people have their children when they're 35, you know, uh, generations are Uh, not going to be exactly every 19 years. And so Madison's really arguing for the middle ground, which is very typical Madisonian uh, approach that, you know, don't have a radical rewriting of the Constitution, but we do have a system in place to make changes, the amendment process. And he doesn't want a static Constitution, but uh, rather uh, one that can be adapted, but just not in a radical uh, every 20 years fashion.
0: I love how... Madison's, one of his retorts is is through science right? right. That, 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 that rather than kind of may, maybe pointing out the, the flaw politically of your argument he's going to have this a nerdy conversation <laughs> about how long a generation actually lasts and all that That's
1: pretty typical for them <laughs> Yeah,
0: exactly Well, So Madison, uh, let's fast forward uh, a few years, uh, Jefferson travels back to America his political career continues as well as Madison's and this leads to uh, Thomas Jefferson uh, being elected third president. And during that period, uh, James Madison, his good friend, was Secretary of State. And then uh, Madison would go on to serve as the following president of the United States, the fourth. What was Madison's presidency like? And did it have any connections to Jefferson's own presidency?
1: Absolutely. Uh, You know, Madison's presidency is really shaped by the War of 1812, sometimes called the Second American Revolution. It's our second war with Great Britain. But the roots of that war developed during the Jefferson presidency. Uh, Now, so this, this has to do with the Napoleonic Wars. What else is new? France and England are fighting with each other, right? English um, Navy vessels are capturing American merchant vessels, claiming that the sailors on board are British deserters and they're forcing them uh, into service in the British Navy. And this was known as impressment. So you can imagine, right, a lot of Americans are really upset about this. These are their brothers, their husbands, their sons that are, uh, you know, being forced into, of all things, the British Navy. Jefferson really wants to avoid having a war again. Uh, so he instead enacts an embargo. So he's preventing British merchant vessels from trading with the United States, hoping to punish England economically. But this was an incredibly unpopular embargo. There were even some New England states that were threatening to secede from the Union because after all, especially those northern states really depended on that international trade for their economy. So when Jefferson or so when Madison becomes president, this is still an ongoing thing, impressment hasn't really stopped, and so eventually Madison will turn to the option of war instead, asking Congress to declare war on Great Britain. Uh, the War of 1812 is, is a hot mess, to put it <laughs> shortly. Uh, you know, our military, other than our Navy, we'll give a shout out to the American Navy at that time. They did far better than anyone in the world expected them to do, uh, especially against the British Navy. But you know, the military was just disorganized. The economy's in shambles. It's not great. Madison, you know, not a particularly popular president at that moment. But kind of the interesting thing is, after the War of 1812, uh, they managed to shape it into this moment of patriotism. Mm-hmm. We defeated the British again. We didn't really defeat the British. The Napoleonic Wars were over and they didn't feel like impressing anyone anymore. And so they were like, sure, we'll stop doing that. And the war is basically a draw. But, you know, this is where you get our national anthem. You get the famous moments like the rescue of George Washington's portrait from the White House. You know, all these things that kind of build up to have this, um, you know, this very patriotic moment. Kind of living up to Jefferson's ideas of the revolution of 1800. His idea that you know, we were going to turn against these old monarchies and aristocracies, fight back against the Federalists like Adams and Hamilton that he saw as, you know, too much like kings.
0: Well, so that all being said, Alice, you know, we could, we could go on and on about <laughs> uh, Jefferson and Madison, um, but... I want to just uh, leave the floor to you. Is there anything else you'd like to share with us before we wrap up this this shorter conversation?
1: Yeah, I would love to share with you actually some of the last words that they uh, had with one another. And uh, 1826, you know, Jefferson's not doing very well. He knows he's probably going to be passing away soon. Doesn't know exactly when, but it's it's coming down the pike. Uh, They're still talking about UVA, though. This is the other thing that they worked on together in their later years. They're co-founders, along with James Monroe, of the University of Virginia. So they're still talking business. But at the end of one of these letters, Jefferson says to Madison, The friendship which has subsisted between us, now half a century, and the harmony of our political principles and pursuits have been the sources of constant happiness to me throughout that long period. Uh, And then Madison will write back. You cannot look back to the long period of our private friendship and political harmony with more affecting recollections than I do. If they are a source of pleasure to you, what ought they not be to me? Yeah. So love each other to the end, right? <laughs>
0: okay. Well, thank you so much, Alice, for for bringing uh, James Madison and Thomas Jefferson alive for us uh, for this podcast. Thank you so much.
1: Absolutely, you're very welcome.
0: This has been another edition of Mountaintop History, a collaboration between WTJU and the Thomas Jefferson Foundation. To learn more and to plan your next visit, go to our website at monticello.org.